Well, again, glad to have you here. Uh, I'm Jack, one of the pastors, and it's an it's a real treat to have you be a part of our family. Got some of our U of A students back. Welcome back. Um, and uh, as we get started with a lot of things, I, I'm just gonna be. Uh, my son goes to college tomorrow. <sighs> I don't know how I'm doing. I'm excited, nervous. This is a weird thing as a parent, okay? So I'm just letting you know, those of you with young kids, this is what you have to look forward to. So uh, anyway, we'll, we won't start there, but I will start with back in my childhood and the basketball hoop that I had in my front yard. Anyone ever have a basketball hoop in your front yard? A few of you, lucky people, uh, to have that. And I remember as a kid wanting to get good. I wanted to grow and then I realized that wasn't gonna happen, and so I just wanted to get really good because I had a goal in life, and maybe you can relate to this. I just wanted to beat my dad. Anyone else, can you relate with that? You just wanted to beat your dad in, in sporting, whatever it was. Uh, but I just remember playing like around the world. It seemed like we pay, played for years, uh, horse, pig, and it kind of depended on his energy level of the day, if it was pig or horse, and just so we would play. And I remember the day that the last shot went through the hoop, and the chain net made that cool sound. And I looked over at my dad, and I said, I, I beat you. And then, like a party broke out, and I was super excited because it was all about competition. I just wanted to have the badge of honor that said, I finally beat the old man. It's awesome. And then, like the next day, he beat me again. But eventually, I got better and, uh, and actually beat him more often. And so, it was just a deciding thing. And competition is a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. In fact, it drives us, it drove me to spend hours out in the, in the front yard, in the driveway there, just trying to make basket after basket so that I could win. And competition is a great thing. But tonight, as we begin a brand new series called Weapons of Self-Destruction, I wanna look at a, something that can go from competition and slip into something else that I think can get us sideways and kinda, um, kinda sideswipe our journey in life and in our spiritual journey of following after Jesus. And it, it's, it's real subtle. In fact, it's not easy to notice at first, but then you begin to have these telltale signs of what begins to kind of rise up in your own mind, your own self-talk, your own conversations that you have. You've had those conversations, right? Where you have the conversation before you have the conversation, and you have the conversation in your mind, and you win all the time in the conversation in your mind, and then you actually go have the conversation, and you're like, eh, man, I wish I could remember everything I had the conversation about before, but I can't remember in this moment. And, and, and here's that, that subtle shift, and it's from competition to comparison. And it's subtle, and it's slippery. But when you begin to slide into this idea of comparison, and we begin to rank ourselves, we begin to hold ourselves up against other people and say, really the question we're asking is, am I okay? Am I okay in comparison to so-and-so, or to so-and-so, to this person, to that guy, to this girl, to, am I okay Am I better than, am I greater than, am I less than? And we begin to kind of carry around real subtly in our heart of hearts, kind of a measuring tool to figure out, am I greater than? 
Am I less than? Am I better than? Are they less than me? Am I better equipped, better able, better, just smarter, just, am I any of these things? And we begin to kind of wrestle with this, and that's where this, this slide from competition, which is a really good thing, and it's a good thing, it's a necessary thing, sliding into this idea of comparison. And when it gets there, comparison can become a cancer within you. If you don't take hold of it, it will take hold of you. And it will drag you to places that one day you wake up and you realize, I, I don't know how I even got here. And I don't know if you'd like the person that you see in the mirror. And the person that's staring back at you might have some questions and some challenges to you that you go, I, I'm not even sure I like this. And I don't know if you've been there or not. Here's the truth about comparison. There is no win in comparison. That's the bottom line truth. And yet we live in a culture from everything from political races to job markets, to the way that we do our hobbies, to the way that we perform at work, to the way that we perform at school, to the way that we carry out our life, to the way that we have relationships, the way that we have the number of relationships, whether my Facebook has more numbers than your Facebook, and does that make me a better person? Does that make me a better friend? Probably not. But we rank, and, and we slide into this idea of comparison becoming what I use to measure if I'm okay. And it's really subtle, but it's really dangerous, friends. It becomes this weapon, it becomes this cancer, so to speak, that becomes self-destructive in our lives. And so tonight, I wanna kinda walk through a little bit of what the Bible has to say about how do you push back and how do you let yourself be competitive to let it drive you to be better, but not slip inside of the, into this idea of where comparison begins to grab a hold of your spirit or a hold of your soul and drive you places that you don't want it to go? So it's okay to have a challenge of competition, but comparison, there is no win in it. Comparison becomes this cancer within. Theodore Roosevelt wrote this, comparison is the thief of joy. So true. I could be a joyous person. I can have a joyful moment in life and then I notice someone else. And if I have comparison kind of hanging around as this cancerous cell within my soul, it's almost like that joy just gets sucked out and gone so fast as I compare myself and go, well, I got this, that's awesome. I got this bonus at work or I got this thing and I got, but look, oh, man, they got more. Do you ever find yourself? I mean, you wouldn't say it out loud. <laughs> it's not like you're punching your neighbor or anything. But deep within your own heart, deep within your own mind. I'm Jack. I'm a comparaholic. I'm Jack. And unfortunately, I'm a comparaholic. And I don't think I'm alone. I think I'm just being honest. Where comparison can weave its way into your soul and it puts some grips and the talons of its grip deep within and it's hard to pull out the clutch that it has within you. 
until you go back and begin to understand some things of what the scripture has to say. Because here's the truth about comparison, about our culture. Our culture breeds a compulsion to compare. You cannot live in our society and not face the pull of comparison. You naturally know it. I I don't even need to ask you to raise your hand if this has ever been a struggle for you. I know it has been, because you live here. You reside here. You navigate life here. You see it all over the place. We have to understand, I think part of it's coming to understand the reality that we all live in the land of Ur. We live in the land of Ur. There is always gonna be someone prettier, thinner, tanner, more muscular -er. There's always gonna be someone who's more intelligent -er. There's always gonna be someone who's smarter, uh, who's brighter, who's got more uh, follow through, who's gone further in life and in the season and in the job market that you have. There's always gonna be someone more -er than you. And I think that's what drives us crazy is because we begin feeling like, I've got to move up in the rank. I've got to do some things. And that's where competitiveness is okay, but it's a a shady, kind of shifty slide from there, from that point of going, okay, how can I do better? It's a real quick trip to comparison and beginning to have this cancer. It's almost like we carry around with us something to measure ourselves with. And we find ourselves going, well, self-defeated. They're so much better. They're just prettier. They're just further, I'm so much less than. I'm so much, I just, I I could, I wish I could get to their level. I, I wish I could get there. I wish I had their education. I wish I had their background. I wish I had their family. I wish I had the relational connections. I wish I had the, the wealth and the resources that they have. I guess I'll never get there. I guess I'll always be less than. Whoo! <laughs> I am so much better than that person over there. I mean, I've got like my stuff together, and <laughs> they obviously don't. They don't have the resources I do. I try to help, I try to help, but it doesn't work. They just kind of torpedo their life. They make poor decisions, and it's just, I guess I'm just gonna be better then. And man, I feel really defeated a moment ago, but then I saw them and I realized, I guess I'm okay. I guess I'm, I'm better than, I'm greater than, I guess I'm okay because I have, I've got more going for me than them. And then you go to bed and you wake up the next day. Oh man, I'll never get there. Do you see the vicious cycle? It's crazy what it could do to you. Because it's either self-defeating or it's self-inflating. And that's what comparison does. It's it gets you to really shaky places. It gets you to a place where you just can't be who you're meant to be. And maybe it's supposed to be different. 
Remember going to the mall for the first time when you were probably a junior higher uh, or maybe fourth grade girl, junior high guy. Um, but uh, y- you love going to the mall, right? But sometimes you'd walk in and it was so big. And so you would look at this kiosk, right? And this giant map and they would have an X on the ground. They would have an X on the kiosk. And it would say what? It'd have a red dot and it would say three words. You are here. I wonder if our spiritual journey is meant to be like that. And and maybe the measurement that I'm so pulled to use, I just need to destroy. And I just need to say to God, God I recognize, I'm right here. And there are people that are more er than me. And there are some people that may be less er than me. But they are valuable to you. They have worth and value because you said so. And so do I. I'm right here. X marks my spot. See, Paul's writing to this church in Ephesus one day. And he says some amazing things about truth. He says there's some amazing things about grace, about relationship with God. We talked a little bit last week that our mission is inviting people into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus. And it all begins with the grace that we've been freely extended by God. He knew that we were far from him. He knew that we had deviated away. He knew there was no way for us to get back, so he did something about it. And he sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission for you and for me. And he says, you just start here. Start right here. You just trust me. And you're right here. X marks the spot. This is where we start. And as we start here, you begin to understand it's by grace that you've been saved, through faith, not by work, so that no one can boast about it. It's a gift from God. And then he goes on in this very next verse in Ephesians 2.10, and he says some amazing words to us. He says, you are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance for you to do. You are God's handiwork. In Greek, that word literally means original masterpiece. You know what makes a masterpiece in art? In the art realm, in music, or in in painting, or in just the art, the art industry. What makes a master, it's original. Done by someone who's wildly gifted. And the creator says to you, I'm the creator, I created you. And you are my handiwork. You are my original masterpiece. And though Christianity throughout centuries and still today and still on and on and on into the future calls for Christians and for followers of Jesus to be uh, united, to have unity, it never calls for uniformity. It never calls for you to be just like someone else. It calls you to be you. You are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for you to partner up with him to do. X marks your spot. 
And when you look to the left or you look to the right, you lose the ability to look forward with Jesus. To say, what's our next step? Where are we going today? How do I continue to become more and more who you have rescued me to be, who you have regenerated me to be, who you've recreated me to be? How do I become more and more who you've wired me to be? And to step into that and to boldly go into those things and to recognize this is where I need to start. It's what Paul goes on and he says in Galatians, um, some beautiful passage. In fact, I wanna look at it in uh, the message translation. The message is a translation Eugene Peterson did of the original Greek text and he kind of put it in common language that, that you and I would use today. And these are the words that he says as he looks at this idea of what you're to be. He calls us to be our creative best. Here's his words. Make a careful exploration. This is Galatians 6 verses four through five. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given and then sink yourself into that. Do not be impressed with yourself. Don't go over the top like, look how awesome I am. But don't compare yourself to others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best that you can with your own life. X marks your spot. And don't live left or right, pulled to greater than, less than, and into this whole comparison game. Learn to say, I, I wanna understand how God's wired me. I wanna understand how I can competitively compete and partner with the Holy Spirit to become more fully me and how he's wired me and to know that God wants to work within us so that we become our creative best, not someone else's second best. This isn't about copying someone else. Can you learn from people? Yes, should you? Yes, you'd be dumb not to. So you learn from people, but you become you. See, there's lies within comparison. There's the lie that I'm not good enough. There's the lie that they are better than me, or they have more to offer than me, or I'm better than. Those are lies that we buy into when the cancer of comparison is running uh, rampant throughout our life. But you make a careful exploration of who you are, and the work God has for you and the work you've been given and sink yourself into that and do not be impressed with yourself but don't compare yourself to others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing your creative best with your own life. Friends, that's a challenge in our generation and that's a challenge in our culture. But to choose to say with God, X marks my spot. And God lets you and I figure out, I'm listening, I'm here. I wanna follow you into my next steps of how I become better as a parent, how I become better as a friend, how do I become better at knowing you, how do I become better at making you known and how I live, how do I become better? Because God has always got a next step for you to take. See, the disciples were always more when they were with Jesus. And when Jesus wasn't in their presence, they were sometimes less than. And then Jesus said, I've gotta go away, but I'm sending you a helper. And he will never go away. And if you learn to walk in step with the Spirit, you can become more fully who you've been recreated, regenerated, revived to become and to be in him.
There is only one you that you can really be. And sometimes in our culture, we try to mask it, we try to pretend, we try to copy and do something of someone else, and we're called to be fully us. Take responsibility for your life. Don't think of yourself too highly, but don't compare yourself to others. So don't get stuck in this less than or in this greater than mindset. X marks your spot, and you begin to do your creative best there. We were meant to live our creative best life and take responsibility for one life, to be the original you. See, the enemy would love uh, to twist that and to take you and to get you stuck with the whole less than, greater than thing. Don't get stuck in this whole comparison uh, rhythm of life because it's when you're stuck in comparison, you miss out on contentment, you miss out on clarity, and you get stuck in this idea that you become almost handicapped emotionally and spiritually in life, that you can never step into who you really are and who God's called you to be. The enemy wants to steal that from you so that you never learn to celebrate. Uh, Romans 12, 15 is one of my favorite verses that I tell couples when I'm doing pre-marriage counseling, uh, and I'll say to them, you need to memorize this verse. It's rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. It's real simple. Do it. Because I'm convinced more relationships would be healthy and whole if people just practiced a Bible verse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. When someone's happy, be happy with them. When someone's sad, be sad with them. Don't give them a four-step plan of how to overcome it. Don't give them five steps of how to get better. When they're sad, sit down on the curb next to them and go, that sucks. Why don't you tell me about that? When they're happy, be happy with them. That is hard to do when you have a, compa uh, a comparison cancer running through your veins. It's hard to be happy for people. It's hard to celebrate others and the accomplishments and achievements and accolades and things that come their way when you have comparison kind of eaten away at you because what it, it instantly goes to is what? I'm less than. They got this, I didn't. And the truth is what the Spirit wants to say to us and to the church and I think to, to all of us tonight is learn how to celebrate. And as you celebrate, you are freed up to become maybe more and more you. Measure yourself against Jesus alone. Which seems scary when you say that. If I measure myself up against Jesus, well, like he's perfect and I'm, whoa, and we not. Here's the deal. Jesus came down and said, look, you don't need to measure up because my love is immeasurable and I've already paved the way, I've already made it possible and I could not love you anymore. I gave everything for you. And it isn't to get you to respond and therefore try to live up to it. It's just get you to turn and to say yes. And when you say yes, X marks your spot. And now we can begin the journey. And you can begin to take your next step and your next step after that and become more fully who God's wired you to be and to set you up. See, comparison yells things to us. It says you must work harder. You must do better. You must accomplish more. But Jesus had a phrase. It is finished. And I don't have to. 
I get to step to be more and more into who I'm created to be because Jesus rescued me and I want to measure myself up against him and him alone because when I know I do, sometimes I go, okay, I'm way short of where I need to be but X marks my spot. And now, Jesus, because I know you love me, we can take this next step together. And you can empower me. Learn to be empowered by God and to seek that out. Don't become enamored by someone else. Be empowered by God, not enamored by other people around you. That's the less than greater than tension and pull that comparison wants to bring in you. Be who God created and who he is calling you to be. Everybody else is taken. Be you. Be set free to be you. You are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece. You are a piece of artwork that he, the great creator, created in you. And for some of you, I know it's hard to believe that but you have to understand. Begin to retrain your brain. That's why Romans 12:1 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I am God's masterpiece. Am I perfect? No, but he must know what he's doing. And so X marks my spot. And I don't have to be less than or greater than. I don't have to get caught with a head that's twirling back and forth, left and right. I can just look to the one who's greater than me the one who's calling me to be greater in him. And I can begin to step forward into my next steps. Here's the bottom line I wrote. God plus you is always greater than a second best version of someone else. God plus you is always greater than a second best version of someone else. And in our culture, friends, we need to hear that more and more. So here's my question for you tonight. I'm gonna pray for us in a moment. The band's gonna come back up and uh, we're gonna move on with our service. But here's what I want you to think about. Greater than, less than. Do you live in that tension? You don't have to raise your hand. I just want you to do some introspection of your own soul. Where do you tend to lean? Is it a less than mentality? Everyone else is so much better. Is it a greater than mentality where everyone else really doesn't matter? And can you feel how awkward and weird that is in your own soul? And what would it be like to rip that apart and begin to say, X marks my spot. And God, this is where I am right now and I don't have all my stuff together, and I don't have all the character traits that I want, but I'm standing here and I know that I'm loved, I'm cherished, I'm pursued, I'm I'm captured by your love, and you're inviting me now to begin to take my next step with you. And so here's the invitation I'm gonna give you. Just the quiet space of this room, uh, I want you to take 30 seconds, and I just want you to think between you and God, How have you been comparing yourself? Because I know you have. I'm Jack. I'm a comparaholic. But I'm trying not to be. Not my own power. I'm trying to remind myself, X marks my spot. This is where I'm called to be. This is where my next step starts from.
And so how are you comparing yourself at work? Maybe you wanna close your eyes, just think about it. How are you comparing yourself at school? How have you found comparison kind of weaseling its way into your soul and just your relational networks of people you hang around? How are you comparing yourself in the financial world in which you navigate and how you make it? How do you compare yourself? Do churches struggle with this? <laughs> yeah. I sat in a room this week on a board that I serve on for a great organization here in town. And I found myself, even in the middle of conversation, going, man, I'm not like that guy. Man, I'm not like that lady. She's got so much responsibility. Every time, I'm telling you, every time, as pastors, we get together, you wanna know what one of the first questions people ask? How big's your church? I'm starting to say, big enough. X marks our spot. Do we wanna win more people to Jesus? Yes. Does that mean we grow? Yes because it's growth about stories and life change. But we're big enough. Success isn't determined by numbers sometimes. And yet we live in a culture that pushes back on that, huh? And so, here's the question for you. Where's your spot? Can you get yourself to live here? Can you and God begin to take steps to go, I wanna live here, not less than, not greater than, but here, and begin to walk forward with you? And so Jesus, I pray that uh, we'd be a church, we'd be a people. God, comparison is so destructive sometimes. And it's like this cancer that just weasels its way into our soul and begins to burrow in and to put its talons, its claws into us and Father, our culture kind of exasperates that. But Father, you've called us to something better. In Jesus, you've called us to a freedom where we get to be freely us, who you've rescued us to be. And are we all put together? No. But we've been bought and brought together by your grace. And now X marks our spot. And we begin to move forward from here. And so, Father, for each one of us, as we uh, take a moment to take here, and we just invite you as a part of our church, we do this uh, every week. We've got a couple tables in the middle and a couple tables down front. God, I just invite you to meet us in these moments, in this next song. Father, as we worship you, may you do some repair work within some of our hearts. Maybe there's some of us here that have been feeling less than for a long time. And we need to have your truth spoken and injected into our heart, into our psyche, into our mind, that we are valued, we are treasured, we are pursued, we are, we've been bought by your blood, Jesus. Your love is immeasurable to us. And we didn't have to earn it, we don't have to try to earn it to keep it. We just get it. And as we begin to get our mind around that more, it pulls us into a journey with you where we can take our next steps. God, for some of us here, we've, uh, we've maybe lived with a greater than mentality. 
And Father, every great leader we see in the scriptures, humility is a core of their character. And God, I pray for some of us here that maybe need to have that burrowed and and, and cored out within our heart a little bit deeper, embedded more into the bedrock of who we are, that we just live with a humility, that we're greatly loved by a great God who wants to use us to partner with him to do great things. And it's not because we're great. It's just because we're wrapped up and partnered up and linked up with a great God. And may your story grow through how we live. And so as we remember a time of communion, remembering the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, as we take that, would you allow that to bring a great new, refreshing perspective to say, X marks our spot. Here we are, God. And for each one of us, would you help us take our next step with you in these weeks ahead? May you root out comparison within us that we might see with great clarity who you are, who we are, and where our next step in this journey is. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. So I invite you, there's a couple tables in the back, couple tables down front. We're gonna sing a song here in a minute and you'll have some space to do that. But maybe you and God do some business about this idea of comparison and clarity around that as we take communion together.